Welcome in Iowa Hawkeye fans to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. I am Luke Myers. We got Joey and Stin here with me. Uh, took down, who did we beat last week? Kent State, 30... Kent State, yes. Kent State, 30 to 7, yes. 30 to 7. It wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but we ended up covering the spread and still won by 20 points, so can't really argue too much with the results. Uh, fellas, how we doing? We're doing good. Good teams win, great teams cover. Iowa did both of those, so I Iowa, can't complain. They cannot hit the over, though. I don't think they have all year. So bet the under on that. And that—that that isn't the off. That—that's uh, nobody's fault, though. That's the other team's faults. No, well, mm. it's the offense's fault. We could say it. I don't think. I don't, I don't think I, I that's the offenses and the defenses' fault. I, the defense I, is too good. And the offense is. I think that when you play, like, a team from the MAC, it's more of your offense's fault for not hitting the over. And, like, the Indiana-Iowa State games, you know, it's not the offense's fault that we didn't, you know, score points. But I'm not going to lie. When I woke up and saw that we only scored 30 points against Kent State, I was pretty depressed. I don't care that they're a good MAC team. We're top five. We need to put up more points against fucking Kent State. Joey, I mean, I, they had played a couple of – they played one other good team this year too, I think, and did all right. They played and, Texas A&M. Yeah, and that was a close game. And then they, uh, who did? And eh, never mind. Um, Alabama would not win thirty to seven against Kent State. Joey, you're, you're right. Alabama schedules Citadel instead, an FCS team to play in Week Nine. Is it? Is that who they got this year? I don't know. I just know that they have in the past. I. That is the thing that pisses me off the most about SEC scheduling. They say that it matters more, and then play a fucking FCS school in week eight or nine, which is basically just a buy. That's a bunch of horseshit. Yeah, that's why the Big Ten will always be greater. Uh, but, um, so, <laughs> admittedly, you guys didn't watch the game last week. Saturday got away from me in a hurry, and I was trying to, like, I was I made a conscious, conscious effort to not like get that messed up and i don't know what happened i don't know if somebody slipped something in one of my drinks or what but it it, it spiraled yeah um i guess it would be more fair to say that i don't remember the game not that i didn't watch it that's that's probably more of an accurate representation of what happened on saturday it was one of those where i and i think stin also we're both like we're not gonna get as drunk at this game as you did at the first one and every time you say that, you're done for. Yep. You, your day is over before it started you, in that situation. It's karma. Why would you hold yourself back, though? You know? Because of, <laughs> because, this, I, because I, of this. I enjoy remembering my entire day. Once we get into the heart of the schedule, I really will. Like, the Penn State game, I I won't drink a drop. That's a horseshit oh, lie. <laughs> Especially if that's a night game. Which, did you but guys really, see? No, I, I, I will remember that game. <clears throat> Joey sent us a tweet earlier today about uh, that possibly being a night or a late afternoon. Three o'clock. But yeah, that's all. It's all just speculation. I mean, nobody, nobody knows these, until Fox decides. These Kent State, the Colorado States of the world, these games are tune-ups for us too. You know, we're getting in, we're getting in tailgating shape. That's true. Yeah, you know, you never. Nobody ever says that. Yeah, obviously, you know, the football team. You know, they get a couple games. Eat, ease themselves yeah. into the season we're expecting Fucking to be in tip-top form right Pete, from the get-go no petrus got what nine games last season and the first three this season to tune up you know he's he didn't get off season whatever here we are yeah and guess what nobody you know, has any sympathy for us i, I didn't have a, a spring 
drinking season. I didn't have a summer camp, and I didn't have fall camp to get me ready for football season either. It just, you know, I got to be in, in peak performance for seven days out of the year right from the get-go. Especially when it's hot out, too, it's, it makes it so that, that much more difficult. Yeah, you guys, is, you guys don't drink at all the rest of the year, do you? Not a drop. <laughs> Strictly a football drinker. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... You guys did watch the highlights at least. What yeah. can there were like there were a couple important notes worth mentioning. Uh, one th- big thing I think was Ivory Kelly Martin got pulled for Gavin Williams, which I mean Kelly Martin keeps putting the ball on the ground, uh, and then we got the running game going. So that's kind of exciting at least that some aspect of our offense is starting to move the ball a little more yeah um so on those two points so yeah kelly martin obviously cannot keep fumbling the ball i mean that's kirk ferens is like number one you're gonna get your ass set on the bench is if you're turning the ball over and he's put the ball on the ground like four times through three games so he's got to fix that but Kirk has given him, like, the vote of confidence. Like, he said that he's still, like, the number two guy. He's still going to be getting his carries this week. So it's not like we've totally given up on him. It's just like, hey, you, if you keep doing it, like, you're not going to get playing time. I don't know. That's one of those weird things where I feel like some running backs just, like, like Zeke, like, he puts the ball on the ground a lot. You can be good and fumble, but, like, I don't know. I don't get it because, like, Kelly Martin is a good runner, but for whatever reason, he's been struggling to hold on to the ball this year. At, at what point do you, like, do something with your running style to make sure that, like, at all costs, you are not coughing this up? Yeah, like, you, like, you make sacrifice on a different aspect of your running game to make sure that you don't fumble it. I don't. Well, like, he's had, like, for years he's had, like, some costly fumbles. In, like, 2018 against Northwestern, I remember it was a really, really cold game. And he was wearing sleeves, and he coughed the ball up on a run play. And it was a big fumble at the time. We did end up losing that game. So, uh, I, for some reason, that play's just grilled in my head for Kelly Martin. And I'm sorry. What? I was just saying, it happens to, like, the greats, too, though. Like, didn't AP have a big fumbling problem, like, in his early days with the Vikings? All yeah, of his days with the Vikings. Yeah, and he fumbled like a motherfucker. But, I mean, he's... I, yeah, I mean, a little bit different situation there, but but yeah. I mean, even, I don't, know, I just, I mean, obviously there's something I don't understand, but yeah, I don't know. But Kirk said this week, you know, Kelly Martin's still the number two guy, he's still going to get his carries, and like he can get away with your fumbling, you know, that he's had. Luckily, you know, they've recovered a couple of them. Um, like he can get away with that when you're playing Kent State's and the Colorado State's of the year or of the, you know, of the world. But once we, you know, after this week, we get into the thick of the Big Ten schedule. If he's still putting the ball on the ground, we can't afford to have him out there, especially because of, like, the way that Iowa wins football games. It's we aren't going to make the same mistakes as you. Our special teams is going to be great, and our defense is going to hold you. So every offensive possession that we have is that much more heightened, and you, like, you have less room for turnovers because of, like, we're not the Oklahomas and the Ohio States of the world that are going to go out there and put up, you know, 50 points a game. It's more important for us to not turn it over. So if he starts doing that in the Big Ten schedule, he's just going to lose his playing time because it's not acceptable. And I do hate – we're not dogging on him. We're just being a little critical right now. But, like, he is a fifth-year guy, and, like, he's been here for so long. And there's something – he could have transferred. I mean, the backfield's been crowded for years. But it's just – man, you got to – Low, yeah, no, 
it's it's a tough it's situation. Like we, said, like we said last week, I'd, I'm not trying to be like overly harsh or critical, but I'd call it how I see it. He's he can't keep putting the ball on the ground, and he's getting an opportunity to you know put that behind him this week. Kirk said he's not going to lose his snap, so get in there, play well, hold on to the ball, and be a good contributor for us. That's what we want. That's what we're cheering for, obviously. Like, we don't want to see him to continue to fumble it. So hopefully that problem kind of clears itself up and we don't have to talk about it anymore this season. All right, and then Goody. He finally busted out 150 yards, three touchdowns. If you take away his two big runs, it's still 70 yards rushing, so that's good to see. Uh, We need – we know the offense can put together drives – when they have to, but it's usually in short yardage situations that they do it. If we can have the ability to run the ball, that's certainly going to help a lot more with our offense stability. Yeah, um, like with Iowa, the offense kind of starts and stops with the run game, especially with the way that Petrus has been playing at quarterback, which is, you know, we're not taking the tops off of defenses Right now, it's a lot more of like kind of shorter checkdowns within that kind of 10-yard range, and it's worked for us, and whatever, I'm not... I'd like to see more explosiveness in the offense, but that all has to start with the running game, because if, if they don't respect that you can run the ball, then you just have so many defenders up against, you know... You don't have to worry about that, and then it kind of takes like the play action and your passing threat out of it, so it's good to see... Goodson and the offensive line and, you know, just the running game in general starting to uptick because our offense will go as our running game does. Yeah. And then, I mean, Petrus is still, he's very Alex Smithian right now, and that's perfectly fine for what we need. Mm-hmm. But eventually we will need to hit Tracy and Charlie Jones more down the field. I don't know if he's Alex Smithian. Alex Smith is a lot more mobile. Not anymore. He (laughs) (laughs) that was mean. Well, (laughs) no, he is doing well. I was talking about this day. He's doing all right at managing the games, but at some point, you're going to need him to to win you games. Right. The good teams have quarterbacks that will win them games. Uh, So we're going to need that because yeah, that's that's what I think about him too right now. Is like our offense is doing what it needs to, to, you know, they're kind of just, they're doing enough. They don't have to show a lot. We don't have to have the big plays. We don't need to be scoring so many points because our defense is as good as it is. But, like, eventually we're going to be in a game where we can't just run the ball and nickel and dime a team down the field for a 95-yard, you know, touchdown drive that takes eight minutes a game clock. Like, Obviously, it's nice to be able to do that because that's the type of football that Iowa wants to do, control the ball, control the tempo, kind of eat clock and then score. But at some point this year, we're going to get into a game where, you know, we're going to be behind. We're going to need big explosive plays. We're going to have to score fast. And the offense hasn't necessarily shown that to us so far. So I think that this week especially is important. Not, I'm not saying that we need to like get crazy with the playbook and do all sorts of wild stuff like that, but just to kind of show that we can have the big play, especially through the passing game, because Goodson is liable to bust off a big run at any point in time. I want to see us be able to consistently move the ball down the field through the air this week. Yeah, um, but I don't think we'll be doing that either. 
will probably run the ball like 30 to 35 times and rely on the defense again, which the defense looked... So if you would have told me, like, I, I watched the whole game, I was there, if you would have told me that Kent State only scored seven points, I wouldn't have believed you because they it felt like they did a lot more damage than what the scoreboard actually indicated, which I'm not sure if you guys remember that or not, but... Yeah, well, it's because... Like, they hit two long passing plays over 45 yards, so those kind of stick in your mind is like, oh, shit, they kind of moved the ball on us. And then they did have a drive that went, like, 75 or 80 yards, and then they end up fumbling it from the half-yard line we recovered in the end zone. So, I mean, realistically, you expect them, you know, we caught a break there. They probably would have got a touchdown, so that would, you know, 30 to 14 instead. So, I mean, I don't know. It showed that our defense is human after three, you know, two weeks of just like absolutely crushing the will of the other teams. Like we gave up a couple big plays on in lapses and coverage and stuff like that. And that's like it's it's going to happen. There was no way the defense like they're still very, very good and they're going to continue to be that way. But like expecting them to be at the absolute level of perfection that they had been for the first two weeks is just not like a reasonable standard to hold them to for the entire year so it's fine i mean you can give up plays like that and still win comfortably like iowa did uh yeah but the the defense it it was it's a weird feeling because even when kent state was on the half yard line i'm like i wasn't like a hundred percent oh this is going to be a touchdown you know It was like, well, the defense has provided weird shit all year. Great turnovers. I like. I had the the thought in the back of my head like something's gonna happen here and they're not gonna get this ball into the end zone. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just we've we've kind of come to expect our defense to make splash plays throughout the year. I mean, our defense has scored for us in all three games so far. We had seven sacks this week. Like we're picking off the ball. We have eight interceptions on the season. Like, our, we've just come to expect those type of, like, highlight-level plays from the defense. So even if you are in a bad spot, there's always the possibility that they're going to do something to turn it around. Yeah. I, I want to say I want to be able to rely on that all year, which I love Phil Parker. But being able to rely on it for 12 straight weeks in a, a fall, I'm not sure it's... Yeah. Like I said... They're not going to continue to play at, like, the superhuman level that they did for the first couple weeks. Like, we're going to give up, you know, 20 points in a game. We're not going to have three interceptions or, you know, scoop and scores or seven sacks every week. But they don't have to be that to still be one of the top, like, 10 defenses in the country. And as long as they're playing at that level with, like, the special teams that we have in our offense just being kind of consistent, not great, not terrible— that's plenty enough for Iowa to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, but it wasn't pretty. It was, but it's a still a, a twenty-three point covered win. So I'll never bitch about that kind of production. Win's a win. You'll never convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, it's it's better to win ugly than to lose, and a twenty-three point win is not even an ugly win. I look at how many teams, like highly ranked teams, have barely escaped with wins this year. Notre Dame against Toledo, Texas A&M mm. against Colorado, 
Uh, Clemson like, had a close one, I think, right? Against Georgia Tech, yeah, it came down to like they a, had to have a goal line stand on fourth down. Like a, a team they beat last year, seventy to seven. <laughs> yeah, so it's. I mean, yeah, you might want to call even if you do call it an ugly win. A twenty-three point win is a great win, and when you look at what all the other kind of higher ranked teams have done in their non-conference, barely coming out with wins, I will take what we did against Kent State every day of the week. Alrighty, so want to move on to Colorado State now? Sure. Would I'm looking at ESPN's FPI right now. What percentage do you think Iowa has to win? Like a ninety-eight. Joey. Against Colorado State. Ninety-nine. Ninety-six point two. I don't know anything about <clears throat> this team. So. There is only one thing that I know about this team and about this game, and it's for all of the uh, the punting fans in the world, we are about mm. to be in for a treat. Because Colorado State may be the only team in the country that has a punter that could be better than Tory Taylor. Three years in a row, he was first team Mountain West punter. So the dude is as good as there is out there. That's coming from a team that has Tory Taylor kicking the ball. The air. It's the air. You know, that probably does have something to do with it. But, like, last week I saw that their punter had a 70-yarder. That's a fucking boot. Yeah, that that is a bomb. I, I respect all punters. This is a pro-punter podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Quarterback, he only has one interception on the year. But he's only averaging 200, a little over 200 yards a game. Running back, 258 yards, two touchdowns. Leading receiver, though, 30 catches, 339 yards, and a touchdown. So that's who we're going to have to cover because he's averaging 10 catches a game, 113 yards, and less than a touchdown. But still, clearly he's hauling in a lot of passes. But it's it's going to be the same game script as last week. Run the ball, play defense, get on to 4-0, and look ahead to Maryland, but I don't want to overlook anybody. You still got to go into this game, treat them like they're the best team in the country and you have nothing to worry about. But if you go in thinking, oh, this is some bum-ass team from Colorado, a couple of weed beaters, what are, then you're in trouble. But that That's what we do as a fan base because that's what the case should be. We should not have to give a damn about the Colorado State game. Iowa as a program under Kirk Ferentz, they don't have that kind of attitude going into it. I, I don't foresee them being that like lackadaisical or underprepared for it. So I, I expect kind of the same high-level quality of play that we always see. Um, kind of like I said earlier, what I want to see from this game specifically is I, just, I need to see our receivers get more involved. And I want to see Petrus move the ball down the field through the air. It seems like he, I don't know if he's just like zoning in on his first read, what happens to be a short route and the guy is open, so he's taking the easy pass, or if whatever the case may be, he checks it down or throws short routes a little bit too often. You're going to have to, you know, show the threat of pushing the ball down the field through the air. And I'm not saying, that, you know, we need to be throwing, you know, 50-yard bombs in every play or something like that, but, like, 15 to 20 yards, like, air travel on the passes, just, like, routes like that, passes like that, 
is what I want to see from the offense this week. We have too talented of receivers for us to not be utilizing them like the way that we have so far this season. Yeah, but other than that, I don't really have a lot of notes on this one. Stin, do you? Uh, no, not really. I read up on them a little bit. It's uh, they're kind of a mixed bag this year. Like week one, their quarterback has gone like his production has gone downhill kind of steadily since week one. Like he started out with like a three hundred yard passing performance, and then it was like a mid two hundreds, and last week it was like a one seventy something. So um, that'll be kind of interesting. I think that our defensive secondary is kind of salivating thinking about a quarterback that's coming in that's not like has then kind of steadily been getting worse as the seasons went on but um yeah shouldn't shouldn't be much of a challenge i think you know kent state was a much better program than colorado state is so there it shouldn't be a difficult game it's a game that we should win pretty easily it's going to be one of those where like i was hoping it was going to be this way in the kent state game but now this week like, hopefully we can get to a really big halftime lead, and then Alex Padilla can play more than just, like, a couple mop-up snaps at the end of the game. Like, it would be nice for him to get some kind of meaningful snaps with the first team during, you know, a game like this, so that way, you know, God forbid Spencer Petrus goes down with an injury and Padilla has to come in, like, he'll have some real game experience, because... Iowa has been very fortunate at the quarterback position for the last, like, five years. Basically, since C.J. Beathard became the starter, our starting quarterback has started every single game from him up until now. And that's, you know, it's, we're not going to continue to be that lucky, so it would be nice to see our backup be able to get some meaningful snaps so that way if he does have to be called upon, he has real game experience to fall back on. Yep, but uh, 2.30 kick right that is just the greatest goddamn kickoff time that god has ever created and it's on fox this week too so play the game the right way we should be all right but don't overlook them uh i have a few other iowa notes we want to touch on before we move along here if uh joey do you, i don't know if joey will know who these guys are xavier wonkpa and caden proctor yeah they're recruits Okay, I was just wondering. Uh, are they moving you know, the needle at all, guys? Like, are they just giving us big old blue balls? Uh, I think, you know, a big part of being an Iowa fan is just being blue-balled by pretty much everything that they do. Um, so, there's, yeah, I don't know. I think that how we finish this season is going to have a big impact on that. I mean, especially the Penn State game, we have... Both of them are going to be in attendance for Penn State. Like that's that could be a program-defining game. We have a lot of like highly touted like top targets that are going to be in attendance for that game. Um, I don't know. I think that if we continue to play this way for the rest of the season, damn ball, uh, I think that we have an opportunity to land them. Yeah, it would be put on a real show for Penn State and. The winning has certainly helped, I think, to start the year. If we were out here fucking dropping it to Iowa State and maybe losing to Indiana, that it ain't going to look as good. Right now, Kinnick and Iowa City have a good buzz around it. And uh, it certainly got to seem attractive, especially since Iowa's sending 
uh, kids to the NFL now before they're graduating, which I'm sure that's attractive to them as well. Who wouldn't be attracted to that? Um, Did just... you see the, uh, <laughs> the, the graphic that, like, the Fox college football thing put out for the um, Wisconsin-Notre Dame game about, like, two schools doing more with less, and they had showed Notre Dame had 44 four-star recruits on their roster as if that was doing more with less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, I, it cracked me up. Honestly, I would say Notre Dame is underperforming for what they have on their roster Absolutely. this year. Absolutely. 100%. I, what were you going to say? It's unrelated to what you're talking about, but it's just something funny. Okay. So we're watching the Panthers-Texans right now. Sam Darnold just had a rushing touchdown. It's it's hilarious to me that there's a guy named Sam Darnold and another guy named Dan Arnold on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I just have a, a stat here that I saw on Twitter, by tweeted by Jack underscore W underscore the other day, and it has nothing to do with Iowa. It said, though, Wisconsin's quarterback, Mertz, has only thrown the ball more than 20 yards down the field five times. And he is 0 for 5 this year. Oof. That's just going to be... Peters done that. Peters has one. Touchdown Charlie Jones against Iowa yeah, State. Yeah, how many times, though? Can't be that many. Hey, he's got one. It was a big one. And, But, yeah, no, I was just pointing that out because that could be a big, big statistic come uh, <laughs> October 30th. And then just one more announcement dropped today by the university that we're getting women's wrestling. Joey doesn't even like men's wrestling, so I'm sure he doesn't care. But, but I know. I mean, we're you know me so well. We're a wrestling state, and it's a, we, we were were we the first state to have high school wrestling for women? No, so it's actually so high school wrestling for girls in Iowa is technically not like a sanctioned like athletic event. It still happens, but like the state tournament is not like put on by the. Iowa High School like Girls Athletic Association. It's it's like put on by like Iowa high school wrestling coaches instead. It's it's really weird. It's, it's like technically like it exists in Iowa, but it's not technically a sanctioned sport. It's a club Iowa sport. High school level. Yeah, it's really <laughs> dumb. I don't know because like thirty two states have it as a sanctioned like high school sport, and I don't get why Iowa wouldn't considering like. Iowa, like Pennsylvania, Oklahoma are the three like hotbeds of wrestling in the United States. Essentially, it, I don't get why we don't have that, but that's kind of a discussion for a different time. What do you think they do for a coach for that? Uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not a, a big enough wrestling fan to have like an opinion on who should be hired as a coach. In their release today, they said they were going to do like a nationwide search for it. I'm sure. You know, as the first Power Five Division One school to have a women's wrestling team, they'll be able to have their pick of kind of whoever the hell they want to get for it. So whoever it is is going to be great, I'm sure. I don't, I don't have an opinion on who that should be. I think it should be Spencer Lee. <laughs> Wouldn't that be badass? He graduates this year and then he goes right into coaching. I think he'd be a great coach. He's probably gonna be focused on you know, being in, like, the Olympic teams and, like, United States stuff for a while after he graduates. And then he'll come back once the Brands boys are done. Uh, but other than that, I don't think I had any more notes. Stin, do you got anything? 
Um, it's not really a note, but just an observation. Me and Joey were watching uh, the Iowa-Illinois volleyball uh, match last night, and um, they showed uh, not a Carver cone because it's they the volleyball's at the Extreme Arena out in Coral, but that they just opened up this year. But it just reminded me of how goddamn good a chocolate raspberry twist saucer of cone at uh, Carver is. It got me excited. Soon. Very yeah, soon. As long as they don't hike up the prices again. It seems like every year they've gone up a dollar. Uh, and they keep it smaller, too. It, it, it is crazy the variation that you get in the size of the cone depending on the person that's making it. Yeah. But let's be honest. Every single time that I'm in Carver, I'm going to buy one of those. That's I might even get two. Yeah. It's the best part of being there, if we're being honest. And then, Joey, you have some news, don't you? What about? Some Twitter-related news. Oh, yes. David Eicholt finally followed me back, so he's welcome back on the podcast anytime <laughs> The Great War is over. Yep. He actually did unfollow me yesterday, though. Good. And then, and then he texted me a heart. He just texted me a bunch of emojis, and then he followed me back. So we're good. We're back. Um, so you made up. That's nice. Yeah, we made up. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to our second half of the show here, which will be a draft of best pregame and postgame shows. Uh, but before, I, before we do that, you know we like to bet our fair share of sports here at the Hawkeye Tailgate Report, but it isn't always easy to find a reputable source. At Student Union Sports, we are big fans of BUSR.com. BUSR is our go-to location for all sports betting and online gaming. Bet on your favorite sports events today, including NFL, NBA, college football, MLB, and much more. If you are into if you are into betting the ponies, BUSR also offers the best promos, bonuses, and odds of any race book. Head on over to busr.com slash studentunion today. Check that out. That's where we place in the HTR lay all year. Uh, it's been a rough go at the start here, but we'll we'll get one of these to hit. Uh, and then we got Rolling Hills Pork out of Farley, Iowa. Wesley Henderson, the best, plumpest, juiciest, crispest? Crispiest? Depends on how you make yeah, it. it. Depends on how you if make you, it. If you want the outside it. nice and crispy, you know, you Tender, deliciousness, great meat. Probably the best meat in Iowa, if I were to say. I've had Wesley's meat in my mouth before. Just all around, highly recommended. Uh, Well-raised pigs. uh, Butchering process is flawless. Uh, Go check him out. Wesley Henderson, Rolling Hill Pork out of Farley. Alrighty. Ooh, do we want to do thoughts from space first, actually? Yeah. Do we want to do those first or save them for the end? I don't know. I got a feeling you he didn't want us to read it, so I got a feeling you're going to have to do some bleeping. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's do the thoughts from space first. Okay. Um just kind of bear with me. I'm I'm reading these for the first time, so and let's let's remember these these, these are not my opinion. This is from Nor space the Cowboy. opinions of Hawkeye Tailgate Report as a whole. This is one individual. Unless it's funny. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just read the first sentence, and this is already a disaster. (laughs) All right. Thoughts from space. Thoughts. I want to start this segment by saying farts, because I'm curious where Luke draws the line with the bleeper. (laughs) (laughs) So far this year, very impressed with special teams. Duh. 
everything Coach Woods touches turns to gold. Let him take over after Kirk. The young wide receivers are making the room better, which would be great if the QB didn't kind of suck. Love the depth on both interior lines, but without Linderbaum, this offense isn't very good yet. I want to see more motion, spread the ball out, and stop trying to force the run. These linemen are smaller and faster, and once Big Ten gets in full swing, the offense needs to get more creative. I think Iowa can run the ball out of shotgun if they try. In other news, Iowa adds women's wrestling. Suck it, Penn State, you (laughs) fucks. (laughs) I heard... I heard Northwestern received $450 million to upgrade their prison. I mean stadium. Good. Good work, nerds. <laughs> you know the difference between the ISU football team and a bunch of hogs covered in shit? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I saw Keith, Big Nuts Duncan, around the 515. Scott's Frost wife and his kids were with him, too. He looks like a phenomenal stepdad. I'm sure Scott doesn't even care they call Keith dad. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see where Luke draws the line, too. <laughs> he only said really one bad thing, didn't he? Well, it depends on how you consider parts. I was thinking about a different thing. Yeah, more... I know. One thing is definitely. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, Space Cowboy, for your contributions. <clears throat> um, But now we're going to get to our draft of best pre- and post-game shows. Uh, so I actually did, I, I had to look hard into this because I, I couldn't think of a lot right off the top of my head. Let's but just do two. Two? Yeah, because otherwise there's nine and that's kind of a lot. I don't even know if I can come. I probably could by the end. I, I think so. I have tough, seven but... written down. Right. So that's not even, you can't even come up with nine. Let's do two and see how we're feeling. Okay. All right. What's the order? Um, let's go... Um, three, two, one. Well, what? Yeah, yeah, we, need what to, if, we need to think of a way to do, yeah. Um, let's, let's get Space Cowboy on the line and have him choose the order. Yeah, all right. This is great radio. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm calling him. You guys just keep rumbling on or about whatever. Um, the, uh, the Twins just swept the Cubs, which is a, uh, actually a joke on the Twins, because <laughs> now the Cubs are ahead of the Twins in the reverse standing so they get a better draft pick. So really, the joke's on you. Hello? Hey, Space Cowboy, we're live right now. Um, We need somebody to decide uh, the draft order. Okay. So you have to do that. Uh, Wait, what's the subject? What do you guys draft? We're we're drafting the um, best pre-slash-post-game TV crews. Oh. All across sports. Where, where where would you prefer to draft in the order, Joey? <laughs> That's not how this works. You Collusion. Can't decide. <laughs> well, I think you know where I'd like to be. I I don't know. Sometimes that, you know one's nice. But That's true. Like, I feel like there's a clear number spin. one in this case, though. All right, Joey goes first. And where do you want uh, Stin to go? <laughs> <laughs> Last. All right, so Joey, Luke, Stin. <laughs> All right, thank you. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. All right, so Joey just decided the order is what happened. I didn't. I was, he wasn't gonna do it unless I. And why would I not give myself the first pick? Anyway, it's okay. This is the first week I haven't gone second. <laughs> anyway, we're going with the uh, TNT crew. That feels like an obvious one. You got Chuck, Shaq, yeah, that's a good one. Um, ah, Ernie, Kenny the Jet, Kenny. Ernie's the best. How could you forget Ernie? Come on, come on, Ernie. 
that that whole show is the best. I love it when Chuck and Shaq start fighting. It's just it's insightful. I mean, I really am not even that crazy about Chuck, but I think he's great on there. They do fun stuff too. Like, do you remember a couple years ago they did this thing where one person would take off towards the big screen in the back and they would Uh race there in the middle of the show. I, I just think Shaq's hilarious. And I think he's also just like an awesome person. Yes. Um, so I think that that was the one, one pick that everybody would have, right? That was, was, yeah, that was a good pick. Also, Luke, DJ Moore is just catching everything. I way. know. Right in Bake's ass. If you're listening to this, Keith Hartman, suck it. All right. <laughs> oh, it's my pick. Um, yeah, that's how it works. I mean, college game day. Yeah. That's. It seems like a – I don't even like ESPN, but that's one of the few things they do right, in my opinion. So, yeah. I, I'm, my thing about game day is, like, I think Corso is senile. Uh, I do not like Pollock, but I really like Kirk, and I think uh, Dez is funny. So. But Pollock isn't a main guy when Corso's back. Yeah, I know. Although but, it's going to suck when they when Corso does retire and they f- try to find somebody else to come in and play the character and put on the headgear, you know. And, and it is not going to be the same. That. You can't have somebody I don't think do they're going to do that. Yeah. I think that will just die with Corso. Well, if he, if that does happen, at least we got that awesome awesome picture of Ashton Kutcher and Corso wearing the Hawkeye head. My forever phone background is just Corso waving with the... That's that's elite. We should frame it. That is a great, great picture. All right, yeah. Stin, what do you got? Okay, uh, I'm going to take the Fox NFL Sunday crew then. Good one. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit biased because, you know, my man Terry Bradshaw's on there, and he's just kind of funny because he's pretty much just an idiot um but yeah i mean i think fox football is just great the anthem when it kind of kicks in fox football gets the blood churn in um plus they got rob riggle oh yeah that is that's some good shit yeah that's big for them yeah that's a good pick it's about that probably would have been my next one all right stan yeah i know back to back your pressure's on um there aren't like any good baseball ones well i mean there's really only one notable one and it's yeah. it's just a rod poppy uh, uh yeah the fox frank yeah. thomas those guys and... yeah um i'll go i guess we're just gonna stick in the family we'll go with the uh the fox college football crew then um reggie bush and matt leinert Brady yeah okay, okay okay hear me out though bob stoops this year who looks like Tim McGraw? By the way. <laughs> he does. Uh, I had I actually wrote down that crew. I said dead last. Whatever has Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Those guys suck, and it's not really that good. But I'm just putting up Bob Stoops is basically what's carrying that pick for me. Feel like that's fair. Yeah. Um, ooh, I have a few. Uh, does the NCAA selection show panel count? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Clark Kellogg, Loris yeah, College they, graduate. The the select I mean, the selection that trickles into the, the tournament, too, because they do that before, like, the games I and guess. stuff in, in between. Yeah, definitely I'd say it counts. Love that crew, though. Clark Kellogg. Because I think you get some double dipping with Chuck there, too. Yeah, little Chuck. I think they've been integrating him and 
I think Kenny Smith has been in there even yeah. recently. Oh, he's been on there a lot. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Joey. All right, this one's kind of tough because uh, I think I'll go with I'm gonna go with Monday Night Football um, because they got Randy Moss. They got Steve, Steve Young. Young. Yeah. Uh, is Susie Culber still on there? I think so. Yeah. The yeah. ageless wonder, Susie. Yeah. It, Susie is wonderful. I think, yeah, they also like the guy. Kind of the before. Actually, Adam Schefter's on there kind of sometimes too. He's yeah. also on like the before the before part as well. Yeah. But yeah. Um, who else? There's another player that was just. Trent Dilfert. No. He's on it though. Uh you cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. Still win, no. <laughs> That's a fact. Hey. Are we doing Tell three? Me. I mean, I have one more in mind, but... I have um, enough. To spin? We can I'm, just do honorable mentions. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't feel strongly about any of the remaining ones. So, I mean, like, we could, but... All right, well, I'll go again. These are honorable mentions then, I guess. Um... The Sunday night football crew with Bill Cower, Mike Trico, uh, Rodney Harrison. That's I had that one CBS. Down. Bill Cower isn't usually on the Sunday night. He does. He's on CBS. Yeah, you're thinking of you uh, sure? Rodney Harrison. Yeah, uh, Rodney Harrison, Mike Trico, Tony Dungy. Oh yeah, Dungy, Dungy. Yep. But I, it was the better. I had that written down, but I liked it way better when it was Dan Patrick instead of Mike Tirico. And I like Mike Tirico a lot. I'm just saying I love Dan Patrick that much. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, and I'm dropping an honorable mention now. I have a few. Uh, How? Or I guess I don't anymore. <laughs> the only, uh, I said the. <coughs> Uh, the Barstool Tailgate Show, but I don't even know if they still do that. Anybody know? I, so I don't think that they do. <clears throat> well, I don't know. What? Not sure. So, uh, actually, there is the uh, CBS Sports. It's They have a uh, like a college football final wrap-up. Does that count? Uh, we said pre- yeah. or post-game shows. Who's on it? Yeah, it's uh, – I don't even know who's on it. It's called Cover like 3 that. College Football. Let me see if I can find some names. That sounds like a deep cut. That's made up. I've, I've never Chip, heard of it. Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Dan, Danny Cannell, Bud, Bud Elliott. <clears throat> Although, I've listened to this a lot, and I still haven't heard Danny Cannell speak. So that's up in the air. <clears throat> but yeah, yep. Cover 3, check it out. It's on the podcast store as well. So when you're not listening to the Hawkeye Tailgate Report, obviously, you can go listen to that. No free ads. <laughs> and then Stin, are you going to drop an honorable mention? Yeah, this one's a deep cut here. Um, I think you two will appreciate it. We're going to go with a Mr. Tony Hafer on 99.3 KDST calling <laughs> some Dubuque County uh, high school action. <laughs> yeah, best in the business. Best in, I mean, he is very, very good at what he does, and he's passionate about it too. You can't argue about that. Best. The best in high school sports. Yeah, but uh. One other nostalgic one I had was that's no longer because ESPN cut their budget on hockey and baseball. Baseball tonight, back in the day oh, when you had oh, yeah. Tim Kirkjian, uh John Cruck, uh who else was on there? They had a great panel oh, of guys Carl back Rabbit in the day. Yeah. Carl Ravage. I 
I used to live for that shit. Staying up until then and watching the web gems. Oh. Yeah, that was great. That was like middle school Joey's like, <laughs> pastime. Yeah, there was nothing like it was really nice too cuz You'd, like, have a fire pit on a Saturday night with, like, all the people in town, and then you'd come inside, and it would just be baseball tonight on the TV. All, all sweaty from playing Ghost in the Graveyard. Oh, classic. <laughs> Man, getting chills just thinking about it. But, do we have anything else we want to talk about? Otherwise, we can start wrapping her up. Nope, start throwing her condom on her, wrap her up. Yeah. <clears throat> all righty. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Twitter and Instagram handle is HTR underscore pod. You can follow all three of us on Twitter as well. Mine is Myers underscore Luke. Joey's is JoeMama2196. And Austin's is MyersAustin. Let's have some fun again this weekend. Hopefully get to 4-0 and go Hawks. And fuck Nebraska.